from high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Justin Higginbottom. This is your news for Tuesday, October 4th. Formations in a Wyoming cave that are hundreds of thousands of years old are helping scientists better understand the climate crisis. The research is paired with information gathered from neighboring lake sediment to help inform climate modeling. Maeve Conran spoke with reporter Emily Benson, who wrote about the paleoclimate research in the September edition of High Country News. So the cave that I got to go visit with these researchers is uh, east of Cody, Wyoming. And um, I got to go with them when they were doing some fieldwork in that particular cave, but they actually are studying caves and also lake sediments throughout the western United States. So they're trying to learn something about um, past climate or paleoclimate records um, throughout the western U.S. So so what they are doing um, was collecting uh, cave formations, uh, speleothems, or you might call them stalagmites, um, from this particular cave. And what you can do with those cave formations is they're they're kind of like um, tree rings, how you can look at tree rings and that can tell you something about the climate in the past. Um, but tree ring records actually don't go back that far, um, partly because wood rots and so there's just not that long of a record. Um, but cave formations can go back hundreds of thousands of years and the particular cave that, that I got to tag along to is called Titan Cave. And some of the uh, cave formations from that cave have been dated to 400,000 years old. So that's pretty old. Um, but the period of time that these researchers are interested in is about 125,000 years ago. And that is a time called the last interglacial period. And that's, um, that's the last time when the earth was probably a little bit hotter than it is right now, kind of near the low end of the estimates for the end of this century. So the idea is that researchers, um, if they understand a little bit more about the conditions of the earth during that time, that that can help us understand a little bit more about some of the, the future conditions that we might see in the coming decades. Why do we need to have that information from hundreds of thousands of years ago? How is that helping to inform the science being done about what's happening right now? You know, people are interested in in figuring out what's happening right now, but it's also really, really important to get projections for, for what we're expecting is going to happen in the coming decades and centuries. And partly that's because um, the, the change in climate is affecting things like flooding and droughts. And um, if we think about flooding for a minute, you know, when somebody builds a bridge or a road, they build that to, um, to be able to withstand a certain level of flooding. But with climate change, those kinds of floods are getting bigger and more intense. And so we need to know how strong do we need to build our bridges? How strong do we need to build our roads and things like that? Um, so to get some idea about things like temperature and rainfall and the kind of flooding that we can expect, um, people use climate models to project out what, what we can expect to happen. Um, but one of the things, one of the things we need to do to make sure that those climate models are accurate is that um, researchers need to test them. And so the way that they test them is they take some information about what the earth was like in the past. And if they know what the relative temperature and changes in rainfall were like in the past, then they can plug in the initial conditions, um, things like CO2 levels or sea level, 
um, into the model and see, okay, what kind of changes in rainfall or temperature does that predict? And if we know what the conditions were like in the past, then we can compare those and see like, okay, yes, the models are giving us accurate indications of what's happened in the past. And that gives scientists more confidence that the projections that the models are spitting out are reasonable and that we can have confidence in them for what they're saying the coming decades might be like. In addition, it seems that some of the data is just startling to the point that we, we can't ignore the reality. And I think one of the scientists in your piece was quoted as saying, I'll, I'll let you expand on it about how hot the planet is right now and how many tens of thousands of years it's been since we've seen this type of heat measurements being recorded. When we have data like that, that it's, it's very hard to continue to deny what's actually happening. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So one of the scientists that I interviewed, you know, I, I was asking her, why is it important to do this kind of work? And that's exactly what she said. She said, if we, um, it's really important to know what things like temperature and rainfall were like in the past, because that puts the present moment in context and shows us really how extreme the present is. And the rate of changes that we're seeing now is really um, startling when you look at that um, in in a geologic timescale and compared to geologic history. In addition to the cave, there's also data being gathered as part of the same scientific project from lake sediment as well. So tell us a little bit about that and then the relationship to the paleoclimate data being gathered in the caves. Um, so yeah, I got to, to tag along on this really exciting trip underground into this cave. Um, but the same scientists, they do the same group of scientists, they do work in all kinds of places. So I also got to tag along to do some water sampling around uh, Bear Lake, which is right, um, right where uh, Wyoming and Utah and Idaho come together. And there, you know, they were collecting water samples to try to understand the chemical relationships between um, some of the tributaries to the lake and the lake itself. And that helps them interpret the record of chemical signals that's recorded in hundreds of thousands of years of lake sediment. And that's what they interpret to get these ideas of how the climate, rainfall, and temperature were changing in the past. So it's really important to if you want to understand the paleoclimate, different kinds of records have different strengths and weaknesses. So um, it's important to look at things like lake sediments um, in addition to cave formations because they can be kind of a check and balance on each other. And you can say like, okay, you know, we're seeing this change in the lake sediment. Do we see a similar change in some of these cave formations? And that can give the scientists more confidence in what they're seeing. Well, people can read Emily Benson's article, How a Hidden Cave Can Help Scientists Understand the Climate, in this month's High Country News in the print edition, but also online at hcn.org. Emily, thank you so much for being our guest. Thanks so much for having me. That story was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, including KZMU. Federal officials say they have a tool at their disposal to force a significant amount of water conservation on lower Colorado River users. From KUNC, Luke Runyon has more. 
For decades, users in California, Arizona, and Nevada haven't had to account for the amount of water lost to evaporation in reservoirs managed by the federal government. Forcing users to account for that loss would tighten current water budgets in states that have come to depend on it. John Fleck researches water policy at the University of New Mexico. It would be a huge change in the way water is administered in the lower Colorado River. Fleck says about a million acre feet of water is lost each year to evaporation and leaky infrastructure. Federal officials say they'll decide how to account for that loss by the end of 2024. I'm Luke Runyon. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, October 4th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.